Behold, behold, behold the pale podcast. I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. Everybody's out of work or scared of losing their job. The dollar buys a nickel's worth. Banks are going bust. Shopkeepers keep a gun under the counter. Punks are running wild in the street. There's nobody anywhere who seems to know what to do, and there's no end to it. We know the air is unfit to breathe, and our food is unfit to eat. We sit watching our TVs while some local newscaster tells us that today we had 15 homicides and 63 violent crimes, as if that's the way it's supposed to be. We know things are bad, worse than bad. They're crazy. It's like everything everywhere is going crazy, so we don't go out anymore. We sit in the house, and slowly the world we're living in is getting smaller, and all we say is, please, at least leave us alone in our living rooms. Let me have my toaster and my TV and my steel-belted radios, and I won't say anything. Just leave us alone. Well, I'm not going to leave you alone. I want you to get mad. I don't want you to protest, I don't want you to ride, I don't want you to write to your congressman because I wouldn't know what to tell you to write. I don't know what to do about the depression and the inflation and the crime in the street. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. My life has value. My life has value. Behold the Pale Podcast. This meeting is now being recorded, so that means class is in session. All right, folks? The newest episode of Behold, 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 a Pale Podcast is upon you. The sun is setting in the horizon as you peek out over this vast wasteland of burnt-up buildings and decaying bodies in the street. We wonder, why did we get to this place? How did this happen? And you go, who's the leader of the show? They like to say, you know, these presidents could be the leaders of this, this big freak show, moving, traveling circus. Uh, that's a questionable thing right there. Uh, that's, that's a story for another episode is who actually runs things. Um, but today, I'm joined with Brother Sean. I wasn't going to do the thing in the intro. Huck's not here. I contemplated doing it myself, but I didn't have enough breath in my lungs to do the in ah, the background as well. The ghost, maybe I'll add it in later. With the <laughs> Alex and Post. <laughs> Alex and Ray are not with us this evening. They're still with us in life, but this evening they are away. Uh, they were, the G-Men got them tied up at the station, questioning them. I believe so, that. Yes, so hopefully we'll have them out by, uh, by next episode. But uh, this, this, this episode's, uh, we got a presidential confidential type deal coming to you folks out there. We're trying a new segment um, where we kind of roll through some disturbing facts that folks might not know about some of the founding fathers in the presidents. Uh, and we get a lot of disturbing facts amongst all. That's why there'll be multiple. This will be a multiple episode thing. Um, I don't think it'll be a back-to-back episode thing. I think it'll be more, you'll get a nice, you'll get a term now, and then four years later, you can get another term. Maybe we'll do it, do something like that. We'll see how we do it. But, you know what I mean? Sean, when you, when I, when you hear the word disturbing and then president right next to it, what was the first thing that pops in your head? Uh, uh, what era? Exactly. <laughs> you know? I mean, 
I mean, president presidential shit's always been kind of like black and white for me. Never never really held like too much interest. Yeah. But some of the shit that you were reading off, like, I want to get into it a little now. <laughs> yeah, it's very interesting because you would assume, you know, everybody's human, right? Some of them are uh, subhuman and mm. very dark, dark, dark things. And even a regular human person got, you know, there's things that them picking their nose and stuff, things they don't want public to see. So now you flip, turn, turn the meter up a little bit, up to full force on that, and uh, you see all that real bad stuff. Machi, machi, hey. Yes, and you gotta, you gotta, you got a big shovel to hide that. You know. <laughs> What's funny? We didn't even get. Like you said, there's so many of it. I mean, this is just kind of a small list um, of things. You know, we can go a little deeper into the discussion on it. Because, I mean, I know of certain crazy madness things, you know. Uh, well, actually, not not quite. Well, presidential, when I, 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 Kennedy always pops in my head. Whenever I hear presidential disturbing facts about Kennedy, you have all that stuff. The family, though, like that whole family is twisted. Mm. Um, the father, I think Joe Kennedy it was. Who Joe Kennedy, he, you know, he was way up in there before all of them. And they kind of piggybacked off of him, like as far as, you know, JFK and Robert and all of them and. The, uh, I think he was like super uh, Illuminati type deal up at the top. And I do think that when the call came down, I have a speculatory that when the call came down for JFK actually needing to leave the picture, I do personally think that somebody like a businessman approach went to Joe and said, Joe, we told you, dude, we told you, boy, he's got to shut up too many times. Mm-hmm. And they were like, you can go with him or you can just let him go. What's it going to be? And he was like, I got to let him go. And they probably said, well, here's a sign-off bonus for your boy. Yeah. And then he just kind of made sure he gave him one last good call, one last good phone call the morning of, you know what if, I mean? If that. Uh, but, like, like see, it's, so stuff like that's weirder than, you know, you got the Teddy, you got good old Teddy Kennedy and uh, what was it, uh, Chatta, what was it, uh, Chatta, the Chatta Paddock, Chapa, Chapa Quiddick? Something like that. I forget the area. It's uh, they they made a movie about it there. But when he killed that girl, you know, Teddy liked to do a little drinking, and uh, there was the story of Teddy going driving off of driving a girl, young lady into the water with him, and uh, Johnny Cash style. And um, she he yeah he swam out. She didn't quite make the swim, and instead of calling the authorities, he like went home and like took a nap. And he like he was drunk as fuck, you know what I mean? So he didn't want to, the whole deal, the thing they don't talk about is that he's just sobering up because he's no, uh, before known, before being known as a Kennedy, he's known to be an alcoholic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, uh, that, that was, and it was small town. It was that small. It's really like, my heart goes out to anybody that has a loved one that gets tied up in that shit that like turns into like a footnote to the story. Like yeah. that girl, you know what I mean? Like that girl whose family, that the family lost a daughter and all that. And like, he was the victim. They tried to like, he was that made out to be like the weird victim in the end. It was weird and terrible stuff. But, uh, yeah. So like, jack-offs. They're big time Jack. They're two handed jack offs. They even jack off with their fucking feet. And that's how much jack offs they are. But, you know, with that, there's so many. Uh, we got a good list of uh, to, to kick this first seg, this first uh, segment off. We got a good batch of disturbing facts about uh, presidentes. 
that you might you might you might not have known in the past. And uh, first thing up is we got Abraham Lincoln was a vampire hunter. Well, that's true. I mean that that is a true fact. That one's a more disclosed. They were very unhappy that that movie leaked out. And that mo- that movie was an actual leak. That's all recorded back in the day. It, it was body cam footage, the first ever body cam footage ever ever retrieved. <laughs> the found footage. They believe which style, yeah. <laughs> You know, the, the Abraham Lincoln stuff's weird, too, I must say. I'll bring up Abe real quick. Uh, Abe, I know, you know, I know that his, his wife was big into seances in the spiritual field. And I know that I read that she she tried opening up portals within the White House um, to kind of to, to, to reach out to, I think, they had a dead child, a child that passed. Uh, so she was like big into that. And if Ray was here, we'd talk a little bit about how like we, we always talk on mostly ghostly about opening doors and stuff. And like when you open a door uh, to the other side, you know, anything could really roam through and, you know, mm-hmm. anything in there would want to not be where they're, they would want to roam through, you know what I mean? So I, I, I wonder like if, I wonder if her opening up that port, you know, there's always been corruption there, but I wonder if her opening up some type of portal and something negative coming through was like an issue with why the government or things have gotten so crazy over time. I wonder if there's any reality to that. What do you think about something like that, Sean? You got to get the ghost team in there. Hit up the fucking place. Stay puff marshmallow, man. Uh it's uh, it's it's crazy. Like if if you were just do you, do you do you do you believe in like portals and opening up the doorways and stuff like that? Do you get into that? Like uh, it, it all depends on like what type of portal you're talking about. Like uh, uh like a Cthulhu portal to like an Eldritch God, like a uh, portal to like the Negaverse or whatever. Yeah, like the the Netherworld. Yeah, it'd be. I think it's like that. Like take that stance on it, where it's 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 a parent who's who's trying to reach out. They're opening up a portal to the spirit world. Okay. To to, yeah. to talk to the oh, kid. fucking absolutely. Yeah, because there's bad spirits in there, and if you're opening up that door, I mean, even if you, I feel, even if you were to get that person you were trying to talk to, that while while you're talking to them, that door is open, and anything. It's weird, like, they, th- they think it's a, a subconscious, they take the spirit realm out of it, and it's more just straight subconscious, like a direct, they think it's like a phone line almost, where it's more of just... Being it's not connected like a, to it? Yeah, it's not a phone call, it's more like when you, back in the, the early days of internet, when you would go in those chat rooms, and it'd be like, you know, a million people talking, and you would just, like, throw your two cents in, and, like, chat with, like, a handful of people while other people were doing their deal, you know what I mean? Yeah. That was a weird. Those chat rooms were a weird vibe, dude. I, I see you forget all about stuff like that, like that early days, and then it went from that to like, it, like one on one, you'd be able to just like send a private message to somebody, and then now we're at where we're at, where it's just like a mixture of both. But that really was the precursor to like everything that we got now, social media wise. Paving the way to right where we are. There it is. And right where we are is right here. And first up, we got George Washington was almost a zombie. Talk about ahead of its time. Um, this nightmare, a nightmarish affair began on December 13th in 1799 when Washington came down with a cold-like symptom uh, pre-COVID. Soon he was struggling to breathe and three physicians were summoned to his bedside. Over the next several hours, the doctors did their best. But in 1799, that was a... 
a super gigantic amount of torture. Uh, Washington yeah. was it was given an anema, followed by an enema actually, uh, followed by a uh, concoction that made him vomit violently. Spanish fly was applied to his limbs and throat. Uh, even worse, the physicians drained over eighty ounces of the president's blood. Now, Spanish fly. For me to say that's that sex thing, would I be? You think I'd be making jokes, or you think that would be Spanish fly is something that could actually? I assume the Spanish fly. I've never got down. I've seen it in magazines, but it, from gathering, it probably is the same thing, and it maybe loosens up, maybe like. Uh, with it putting on his limbs and his throat, maybe it's to numb it, or what do you think? What, what do you, what's, what's that? What we got I don't know. Is it like a snake oil? It could be. I've seen it. Like, Spanish fly, I think, is something I like. People always relate it to, like, fucking and shit like that. Yeah, I think it's something. I think it's a cream or something. It's probably like a cream you put on your, your pinochle, and it numbs it out so, like, you can last longer type deal. You know what I mean? That that's the vibe I get going with what we're talking about here with the limbs and the throat being done. Because if he had the he had sore throat, or if they thought maybe they could you know numb his throat up, that it might help him breathe. I mean, this is going back to a time where it was still a lot of trial and error stuff. It's a whole trial and error back then. Yeah, it's all for science at this point. Exactly, and like we're talking about with the war stuff, it's like they're just experimenting with whatever possibly sounds like could work. You know? Yeah. Uh, the cures were worse than the illness, and Washington passed away on December 14th. However, a fourth physician, William Thornton, had a rather unorthodox idea. Arriving uh, after Washington's death, Thornton wondered, wondered if he could resurrect the president. First, he would rub Washington's corpse with blankets. Then after uh, performing a tracheotomy, he would use a bellows to fill the president's <laughs> Oxygen, yikes. <laughs> Finally, Thornton was... You fucking walk in on some dude with a bellows down a dude's neck? Like, yeah, what no, the no. fuck are you doing, man? He's making him a musical instrument. Holy shit. And then he, he replaced all his blood. I uh, pumped him full of lamb's blood. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that, definitely trial and error, for sure. This is awesome. This is before the time they knew that... This, they didn't even know that there was types of blood. He's like, well, we don't have any human blood, so fucking kill that lamb right there, and we're going to pump this guy full of it to get him to leave the country. Let's go. Imagine the first people that got pumped full of, like, water, or pumped oh full of, like, weird, like, super weird stuff that they thought might have worked. Uh, surprisingly, there was a method to Thornton's madness, as he pointed out. Washington died by the loss of blood uh, and the want of air. So if he restored these things, he thought, and heat up the body, he thought that he'd be able to... Uh, restore you know what i mean a uh, few doctors back in the day thought lamb's blood really could rejuvenate the body still washington's family passed a uh, passed on the offer preferring to let the dead stay dead yeah i mean at that point i i assume this dude was like uh herbert west and reanimator just yeah poorly eyed and run like a madman you know what i mean uh it's a crazy deal but that that's an interesting one. You, you would. They, I'm surprised the family didn't go for it. Now that now there's foul play in state. When you say, yeah. they probably figured, hey, we could bring him back to the state that he was in right before he died, which was you know violently vomiting and hating his life and, and about to, to die. die. <laughs> <laughs> it's like let's just let him go. Um, Holy shit! Day, what year was that? That was in uh, 1799. 
insane. Oh my god, wow. That was the year of the very first Columbine, I believe. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Next up, we have JFK's missing brain. Now, we all seen it go out the back of his head when he got shot. So if that, I don't know if that's what they're talking about, but. (laughs) 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 You mean they didn't collect it all and bring it with them? You can buy it jars. If you go to Dallas, you can buy little pellet jars of uh, his brains, I hear. Imagine that. That'd be fun. What a weird. What a market. What a market. There's a market for everything. Even though it happened over 50 years ago, JFK's assassination is still one of the most controversial moments in American history. That's true because it's never really been explained fully. Some people claim Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone. Others say Kennedy was murdered by the mafia or the CIA or extraterrestrials or the extraterrestrial mafia. Now, that's a joke uh, or comes off like a joke, but there's a little bit of reality to that. Because have you ever heard the theory that he got killed over aliens? No, no. I've heard that theory, too. I also heard uh, um, Marilyn Monroe got tied into that theory as well. Where, what, with uh, the aliens? Like, yeah. she slept, like she slept with the aliens. No, she uh, <laughs> she was sleeping with with presidential people, uh, political and mafia people. That was not a good look for uh, JFK either. Mm-hmm. But there's an extraterrestrial tie to it, where supposedly uh, JFK was, I guess, one of the first presidents or whatever that they were really open with about what they have, and he got like all crazy into it, and you know he brought Marilyn Monroe there. And uh, supposedly one of the theories of why she was dead is because she was talking to she was like talking to this journalist. She got real heartbroken over the the, the breakup and she was talking to some journalist and she was going to spill the beans supposedly on all the all the madness of JFK's world. And a big part of it was supposed to be this alien, th- like what, what she's seen like area 51 and Mm. stuff like that. And supposedly that's one of the things that got her dead. I think she was just dead because uh, I think she was messing around with a lot of the the wrong people that didn't like each other. And she probably eventually lost her luster and uh, just became somebody that wasn't really worth keeping around in the eyes of a a political person or a mafioso Mm. type figure. You know, I feel like she was getting really sloppy in the end. Right. Yeah, I assume you know getting she into was, fucking everything. Yeah, dude, she was she was on drugs and alcohol. She was being passed around. She was getting older, so I assume she probably just said, "Look, I'm playing this game until I'm too old, and then I'm going to be by myself." So she was probably heavy in the drugs. As she got heavy in the drugs and all that, she probably started to be more threatening with, you know, "I'll do this, I'll do that." She probably mm-hmm. talked a whole bunch of shit. She, you know, she's probably telling people how like fucking Don Mafia boss Numero Uno's dick doesn't work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or talk about like how JFK has got every sexual fucking de- disease on his dick you can imagine. Um, like calling the wife, calling Jackie O, and being like, "Your your, your husband's a whore." It's like <laughs> that Goodfellas scene with Jackie O at Marilyn Monroe's uh, hotel bungalow. It's uh. Yeah, so like I think there's there's so many different weird ties with that. So there's a little bit of like weird conspiratorial truth, if you say, if you if you will, to that. Um, but you know, for example, you know, when the Dallas 
the Dallas County Medical Examiner, Earl Rose, tried to perform an autopsy on the president's body. The corpse was forcibly removed by federal officials. When the actual autopsy was performed uh, at the Bethesda National Naval Medical Center in Maryland, the doctors did a really sloppy job uh, failing to properly examine the wounds or analyze the president's clothing. Um, to uh, And while that might add fuel to the conspiracy theory fire, it pales in comparison to what happened to JFK's brain. Now, I will make note real quick about the handling of the body and stuff. Uh, did you ever see that that park? Was it Parkland? What was there was a movie? There was a movie made a couple years ago that was like based on almost what happened immediately after the shooting with the dude, the dude, something I forget the dude's name, but Zatruda. I think maybe the Zapruda film. I think it was the dude who shot that famous footage of Kennedy being killed and like the whole hoopla of that footage. But there's also went into like how, um, how super business it was like that death. Like, no, like people didn't really care about what was going on. It was more of like a business move where like, as soon as he was dead, I want to say there was a story like Jackie L was with Secret Service. It is this moment he died. They just kind of left her. They, they floated away like a cloud. Uh. Who the next vice president was kind of like, oh, oh, well, you know what I mean? Like, like yeah. it was kind of like it was set up type deal. So like there's there's something within that a little bit. But uh, back to the brain. After the autopsy, uh, the president's brain was put inside a stainless steel cylinder, which was then stored inside a footlocker, hopefully heated appropriately. Uh, The box also contained Kennedy's blood and tissue samples, and all the evidence was stashed away in the National Archive. But three three years later, officials discovered the locker was gone, and all those autopsy slides and bone fragments had disappeared right along with the brain. While no one, no one knows what happened to the box, there has been a perfectly reasonable answer. Or maybe it was uh, those damn alien monsters. There's been, there hasn't been a perfect answer. Yeah, I mean, I don't know where that stuff would have gone. The, the slides, you can see pictures of the autopsy online. I know that's for sure. So, like, mm. I don't know. That, I'm, I assume that was just, that's been there for a while. Not, not to say that you know whoever took this put those slides up, but you never know because it could be people like truth or people that would take it, you know. But it, it's also people that don't want people knowing that would take it. Um, Nicholas Cage, Nicholas Cage would take it exactly. So yeah, the whole thing is kind of weird, you know. They 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 take all this, they take his brain, you know, taking out the brain and stuff is a part of the autopsy, though. If I remember correctly, they pull the, they take a lot of the organs out. The brain comes out. It goes into the, they weigh it. Um, you, you can't imagine there'd be much left of it, right? Yeah, I mean, it got shredded. I mean, in, in the picture, in the pictures you can look online, there there's a, like a frontal shot where you would literally see half of it hanging out of his forehead. So, yeah. like, there's a good part of it that got shredded out. And you even watching that video, um, the, 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 the actual assassination video, like, there's footage of it that people have, like, blown up closer they zoomed in a little bit and they gave, did more high definition look on it and that dude loses a lot of his brain from that yeah. shot like like there it's a big pop-up uh and so like yeah i don't think there would be much left anyways it would have been real small and that would have it all it would rot away and deteriorate after a while anyways 
you know. But uh, yeah, so the brain thing is very interesting for sure. But I, I think that's probably just sloppy handling, and I don't know why they were so sloppy about it. Maybe they just didn't care. Maybe once you're, once you're dead, even even as a president, maybe you go straight to being a civilian. Yeah. Which means they don't care anymore. Um, the point has been done, and the point is that you're dead. You know what I mean? Like that's the important thing is that you're dead, so to speak. And then the next thing is, you know, whatever the next. There's still is. work to be done. We gotta move. Exactly. Which, in to a degree, is kind of in, in the way it is. A lot of people. The, the the JFK thing, the people loved JFK. He was very charming and charismatic. And uh, that was one of those things when you look back in the at that time and everybody finding out people crying and going crazy. But, you know, they also have the shock of your president being killed. You know, nowadays people, nowadays people root for the president to be killed. You know what I mean? But like back in the day, everybody would gather around him and support you know what i mean mm-hmm. and like that would be that was just kind of whether right or wrong that was just kind of the way society was at that point and then i see you know roughly around like i'd say clinton i'd say billy boy clinton well nixon probably but in our time i can really think of billy boy clinton being a, a step down when when he was in president dude, people lost a lot of respect for that position mm-hmm. scandal and stuff so like that that you know, as much as people like to just blame whoever's in president at the time, it's like it's been a gradual downfall for a long time. Maybe it never was up to begin with. Next up, John Quincy Adams was all on the Hollow Earth theory. Uh, you know, the Hollow Earth theory is an interesting one where beneath the Earth, it's hollow. And there's a civilization under there that kind of like ant people almost to kind of do their deal. Now, it's I don't think they'd be able to survive this long, but who's to say, you know, and the, the realities of something like that once once upon a time being there. Um, I don't think it's that far fetched. What do you think about that whole theory? Like lizard people, crab people. Yeah, can't, well, Liz- I, yeah. No, I can't believe it. <laughs> There's two ways to look at it, like legitimate people that are that are crustacean. Their skin has got crustacean wise because of the environments, like crab people, or just like like uh, what is it, Demolition Man, where they live under, where they, like Dennis Larry lives under the sewer with all the people. Oh, the sewer people. Sewer people. Yeah, they could be closer to sewer people than. What What about uh, like the descent with the with the no vision and shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. See that, like something like that makes sense. They got like echolocation shit like Daredevil. I'd rather deal with Dennis Leary, even though he's an asshole. An asshole. Eat, I might eat a rat burger. Sylvester Stallone looked like it was okay. If you eat fast food, it's very possible you've eaten a rat burger already. Fucking sweet. They just don't market it that way. That turns the kids away, you know. Uh, John Quincy Adams looks like uh, he would be practicing some dark arts. Yeah. So. Back and we got Quincy overhead. We got Quincy close to us. So what better time to talk about John Quincy Adams? Yeah, now, my cousin lives to Quincy. I'm sorry to hear that. So was he. <laughs> they say John Quincy Adams wasn't a great president. That's evidenced by that he got swept up in one of the craziest theories in history. Uh, it all started with a guy named John Cleves Sims. On an, ar- an army officer with the pretty weird ideas about the world, uh, how the world worked. According to Sims, the w- Earth was hollow and full of uh, concentric spheres, 
Sims believed if you traveled up to the Arctic, you could crawl down between all those spheres and make your way to the center of the Earth. That sounds more crazy than uh, just people living under Earth. Hmm. Uh, Most people found this theory laughable, but Sims dedicated his life to the cause. He gave lectures across the country, sent uh, leaflets to scientists and professors, uh, and with the help of a wealthier backer, begged Congress to fund the expedition. His plan was to take 100 volunteers and a couple of reindeer-drawn sleds to the Arctic, like Santa Claus, where he would find an opening in the ice and go all Jules Verne, center of the earth style, as you might expect. Uh, Congress said no. However, when John Quincy Adams heard of the expedition, he overrode the legislature and he gave Sims the presidential stamp of approval. Perhaps Adams just wanted someone to explore the Arctic, or maybe he was uh, really curious about the man's theory. Either way, it didn't matter because when Andrew Jackson was elected president, he scrapped the entire mission. When Andrew, uh, when Andrew Jackson is the sane one, you know you've gone off the deep end. <laughs> Another comment I'd like to do about these weird uh, little programs that president's okay is I also think that's a weird money laundering thing, too where they can say, okay, we're going to give this guy to figure out why shoes are red when they should be blue in my mind. We're going to give him $10 million a year to do the studies on why this shoe is red. And then like $9 million goes into whoever's bank account. And then the $1 million goes into actually like trying to find out why the shoe is red and not blue. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think there's a lot of that going on. More so, uh, you know, who's to say more so now than back in the day, but Probably since the beginning, man. I'd love to see the blue, like the, the blueprint of how the government's supposed to be run. It's probably horrific. Probably Stephen King wrote it. Probably fucking horrifying. Like a hundred, uh, you're bringing a hundred people up there. Like you, you're telling them what they're doing before they go, or what? That's yeah. I mean, a lot of people would die on that. You're going into unexplainable territory. It's never been the, ever, never been. Yeah. Thank I wonder if he was going to go, and he was just saying that he didn't want to go himself. He could have been. He could have been one of those those satanic presidents too, and thought that he was going to he was going to find his way to hell and make a pact with the devil personally. Mm. You know what I mean? Teddy Roosevelt and his shooting spree. Uh, think of presidential conservatives. And think Teddy Roosevelt immediately springs to mind. After all, the man established multiple national parks, created 150 national forests, protected around 230 million acres of land, and set up several national monuments like Devil's Tower and Near Woods. Why would somebody call something Devil's Tower if they weren't a devil worshiper? That's one thing I would say. Uh, he was a God-fearing man. I know. What's up with that? Like, but Devil's Tower. I mean, you go to the top of the tower and you see above all that. Has, you know, I think that's got some ties. Uh, there's no doubt the 26th president was a big-time nature lover, but conserva- uh, conservation was a little different in Roosevelt's days, especially when it came to animals. Back then. Uh, there was an emphasis on preserving animals via taxidermy. So it's okay to kick. <laughs> as long as you save their bodies via taxidermy, it's okay to kill them. I can't, 
that 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 way of thinking is uh, incredible. No shit. What the fuck? Yes. If a species was dying off, those creatures were shot and stuffed so future generations could see these extinct creatures in the museum. Sounds sounds so good. So good. Such a good idea. Not a lot of thinking went in. It was just more, as soon as the idea pops in, you act on it. Um, obviously this meant a lot of critters were killed, especially when Roosevelt and his son Kermit, that's the first person outside of the frog that I've ever seen named Kermit. Yeah. Uh, him and Kermit went on a hunting trip to Africa in 1909. I guess we should be happy they were just hunting animals instead of humans. And you don't know. You never know. They don't talk about that in the history books. Uh, together, the Roosevelt's wiped out 512 animals with a recently retired president shooting 296. He won't be named, but uh, he didn't want his name. He was lower, the lower number. He didn't want his name in the records. He wiped out eight lions, eight elephants, seven hippos, seven giraffes, and three pythons, just to name a few. He also picked off five northern white rhinos uh, while his son shot four. In fairness, they only kept 12 animals as trophies, and the rest were shipped, shipped off to museums or eaten. Yeah, those snakes, those pythons, they probably just came across them and they were troublesome. They wanted to get rid of them. But I don't know. People eat snake meat, so maybe. Mm. And they make shoes. Out. How long were they over there for? Um, they were there. I mean, it was a trip. It wasn't like they went and lived over yeah. there. Uh, so... They had just run. They killed over 500, 500 animals while they were there, Rambo style. Like holy shit! Kermit was just looking to find a pig to kill. Yeah, he was still in office too, right? So he couldn't have been gone for too long, right? Yeah. Well, it's interesting because, especially in the days of no media, I bet a president could 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 just could never be at the White House. Could literally be on vacation the whole time. Have somebody else make the decisions for them. In a lot of ways, that's probably ideal for people that work in the White House that are really yeah. calling the shots. They're like, hey, just go fucking on vacation. We'll take care of the work back here. No big deal. You know we'll keep the lights on, huh? <laughs> go kill off a bunch of species of uh, animals while we're, we're trying to figure out a way to kill off humanity. You know? the, uh, it's, <laughs> exactly. It's, yeah, that one's interesting. I mean... I knew they were that they were like killing with the vengeance. They were going out there and really going wild. I, the, the fact that they thought that the best way to save an animal would be to kill it, and tax stuff it. it. Yeah, stuff it is like completely get rid of it except for its carcass. Yeah, it's crazy. But I get yeah, I don't know. It's a weird vibe, you know. While this is shocking by today's standards, it's important to remember that Roosevelt truly thought he was hunting in the name of conservation. But in uh, the age of Cecil and Harambe, it's pretty much impossible to imagine a modern-day president taking a rifle on a safari. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know where his mind was at with that. I mean, I think he... I think he thought he was probably more thought they were beautiful animals instead of beautiful life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they were good to look at. He's like, I don't don't care if they're alive. I don't care anything about them in their lives, but I think they look beautiful uh, as art pieces. You know what I mean? In life. 
I think that's kind of how he looked at him. He's like, we don't want people not to know what they look like. Uh, they they could have just painted a picture. You know what I mean? Next up, we have Ronald Reagan was an FBI snitch. Now, it makes sense because Ronald Reagan was an actor. He was a legitimate yeah. actor turned president, which I think there's a lot to be said for an actor turned president. Uh, there needs to be, He needs a director in his life, and they're always looking for a good actor. If you know anything about Ronald Reagan, you know he really hated communism. This was the guy who called the USSR an evil empire, which is where we get the Rage Against the Machine album. Reagan was equally cold towards homegrown socialists, too. And during 1940s, he did his best to make sure anyone with leftist leanings would wound up on the wrong side of the law. In addition to acting, Reagan was also pretty active in local politics, becoming president of the Screen Actors Guild. It's the mafia. At the yeah. time, Reagan considered himself a Democrat, but the FBI thought he might come in useful. The, the, the SAG, the screen, being ahead of the Screen Actors wor- world like that could be... That was the time when Hollywood was really kicking in and celebrity was kicking in and society was looking at people as celebrities to be able to wield those people the way you wanted to, which you would be able to do through SAG because SAG is a union. It's kind of mafia like, you know what I mean? Absolutely. So he could that now he's got and I, that could be the very that could, the, Reagan could be the crossover of Hollywood and politics for the when they first kind of started to come together to work together on certain things. You know what I mean? Um, and I think uh, that's the deal. So anyway, in 1946, uh, the feds visited Reagan and asked if he wanted to serve his country. They told him that the groups like SAG were crawling with Reds and they wanted him to ferret out those subversives. Code name T10. Reagan. Yep. Terminator 10. And Reagan. Reagan is a Terminator in in T10. He's half cyborg. I'd watch that movie. That'd be fun. Like, till this day, every time I hear about uh, uh, Nixon. That's who I'm thinking of from Futurama, the heads in the jazz. Yep. Nixon is a despicable president as well. Uh, who's to say if he's any more despicable? I think they just caught him red-handed. Yeah. The, um, they told him that the groups like SAG were crawling with reds and they wanted him to ferret out those subversives. Codename T10. Reagan did his best to hunt down uh, commies inside the SAG, along with groups like the American Veterans Committee. He, get, he gave the FBI full access to guild files on multiple actors, and he pointed the finger at any guild member he suspected of communist activity. Of course, as film historians Karina Longworth points out, many of the people Reagan blamed were conveniently people who'd opposed him becoming SAG president. Oh, scumbag shit. I know you got like Trumbo that was a dude that was legendary writer. There's a lot of really great writers that when they went through that dark time, uh, there's a cool movie called Guilty by Suspicion starring De Niro, which talks about it, like the blacklisting. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of like great films that were written by people that never got credit for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because the only way when they got blacklisted, the only way for them to survive and 
the Hollywood system was to write under a different name and you would have to link up with somebody that was cool enough not to fucking turn you in, you know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, the fact that he was like, that he went after people that didn't want him in that SAG, leading SAG, I think is really fucked up. I didn't know that fact about it, but it makes sense. I have less respect for him now. That's really fucked up because he's now he's doing, and I can see that from a different point of view, like an artist point of view as well, where it's like, even if I, if I didn't politically see eye to eye with somebody and that's kind of how it is now, which is weird. Like if you don't, if somebody has the upper hand power wise on you and you don't see eye to eye with them, this is anything politically and they can put you out because you, because they don't share the same opinion. They'll, yeah. they'll attempt it. It's really absolutely. Yeah. But uh, some people are uh, pieces of shit. Even worse, when Reagan... Some had, people. Well, some people... I like to hold hope for humanity. All the people that listen to this podcast are good people. Sean, you know that. The crickets. <laughs> Even worse when Reagan... When <laughs> 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 Reagan testified in front of... We love everybody out there listening to the show. I'm just playing games. I know. We have jokes on the show and fun facts. <clears throat> when Reagan testified in front of the House Un-American Activities Committee in 1947, he claimed communists shouldn't be prosecuted for their beliefs. But according to the FBI, the Gipper was incredibly cooperative when it came to betraying his co-workers. Now, that could be a, a flip deal where they could play it on them. I wouldn't put it past the FBI to flip it. You know, they've been known to do that in interrogation scenes and stuff where they, uh, you know, they'll tell you the fuck, your buddy in the next room's spilling the beans on you. Maybe you Yeah, just to get you to talk. Yeah, so it's, I wouldn't put that past him as well. But with the ragged thing, with the thing about him leading the SAG, and I almost feel like he would have, like, even if he wasn't hate, like, it's, it's those things, you know. It's like, it's a human flaw. You know, if you, if you feel very strongly about something and somebody else feels strongly about something else, automatically they're wrong and you're right in your head. That's just kind of the way it is, you know, unfortunately. It's a human, I, it's, a, it's a something that, you know, it's a personal flaw, I think, that a lot of folks have. I feel like he did that, like, out of spite, you know. Like, yeah, for sure. Like, you didn't let me in to be you guys' leader. Now I'm just going to come after you, make up some fucking cockatoo story that this whole thing's run by red so I can come take you all down. Yeah, in certain and in certain like if someone outside of the Wicked box or in certain box, situations, sorry. people would go, "Well, he's not killing them or anything, mm. but he's like cutting off their livelihood." So, like, yeah. if they get families defeated, shit or whatever, that that ain't happening. Could have been anybody who talked to him badly. Exactly, anything. A difference of opinion. That's what's so crazy about having those hierarchies. Is that like, you know. The difference, you, the only fault anybody could have against them is a difference of an opinion. And that is enough for certain people to destroy people's lives. That's crazy. Always been the case, unfortunately, but so crazy. Yes. Grover Cleveland. Now, Grover Cleveland's unsettling sex life. While not as well known as other sexually scandalized presidents, our boy Billy Clinton, Grover Cleveland... Not our boy, Bill Clinton. I won't even put us in a category with Bill Clinton. Uh, Grover Cleveland's sex life ranged from the disturbingly creepy to the straight-up criminal. All right. We're about to get juicy up in here. Why is it always these types? God, why? I know. 
And the fact that, that I never hear anything being said about this dude means it's about to get real fucking dark. I, just, I mean, you never hear anything really about him. Um, when Cleveland entered the White House in 1885, he did he did so as a bachelor. Interesting. Usually, hmm. I thought they always had wives. Yeah, yeah. Which, I, dude, you want to talk, if Kennedy if, if Kennedy was a demon sexually with women, what do you think a fucking bachelor president would be? A fucking madman demon. I could only imagine from that from that time. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> he often said, "I'm waiting for my bride to grow up." Yeah, gross. Imagine, gross. come on, man. Holy fuck! Imagine a president saying that nowadays. Damn, Ugh. this is dark, man. And that was true back when Cleveland was a was a twenty something lawyer in Buffalo, New York. His law partner had a daughter named Frances Folsom. Cleveland brought the girl her first baby, bought the girl her first baby carriage, and would occasionally look after the infant. When Folsom's father passed away, the 11-year-old's education was entrusted to Uncle Cleve. As a college student, uh, Folsom swapped letters with her benefactor, and after her 21st birthday, she married her 49-year-old sweetheart. Um, Nope, that's... There's a a term for that. Oh, I think... There's, there's a, there's a, yeah, I forget what that is, but there's a term for that. They're getting a lot of like rock musicians and comedians again hit with that right now. Um, all musicians, I should say. Um, oh, it'll come to me, but it's when you got to meet them young, you know, you meet them in a show, whatever, they're 15 years old or whatever. And then you kind of, you, you kind of talk to them throughout the years and you prep them from a young age to, to the point where they get to a legal age, then you could do what you want with it. I forget what the word for that is. Um, but there's an actual term for it because it's like a big issue people are getting in trouble for right now, which, you know, it's it's all dark shit because you're getting in the young mind, you know. Yeah. You're warping it. You're making it feel you know, think the way you want it to think and stuff. Some people might go, hey, oh, well, they're waiting until the girl's 18 or whatever. The boy's 18. So it's not a big issue. Um, but like they're getting in there and they're warping up the mind and the damage that they're doing to the mind will still be there after that relationship's over. You know what I mean? It's also going to send that, that person into a weird place of trusting anybody ever again in the future. Yeah, so, knowing no more than half of your life's been a lie. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. Uh, so he married, uh, 49 years old, he married her on her 21st birthday, making her first lady, I assume. Um, but while that certainly is weird, it's nothing compared to what happened in 1874. <laughs> after, yep, after taking a widow named Maria Help Maria Helpin to dinner, Cleveland allegedly broke into her room and outright raped her. He then threatened to destroy her life if she mentioned a word of the incident. I strongly believe that this happened fucking 120 million percent. Just yeah. reading it, I'm like, yep, this is reality. That did that happen. Yeah. This dude was bad news, man. Jesus. And then nothing. And he never had to answer for any of this. No. President. Soon Halpin discovered she was pregnant, but after she gave birth, her son was given to another family. Even worse, Halpin was tossed into a mental asylum. Doctor doctors thankfully soon realized she wasn't crazy and she was discharged. Now we've heard about that on the show before where people that 
just get tossed off into like mental hospitals when people don't want to deal with them. Yeah. It's crazy. Families have done it, you know, uh, situations like this. It's, um, you know, where the, the higher, someone who has a higher rank just says she needs to be there and they just go, okay, you're right. Of course. It's crazy. Uh, I'm glad she got out though. But realistically, dude, what a fucking bad, like going through the untrust and the hatred you must have for the system as well, that whole government. Um, when you're put in a situation like that, because like realistically, and I will say America done it wrong, because when you have the face of America, when, when somebody, when, when whoever picks whoever to be the face of America, you know, that's a decision you got to deal with for the four years or whatever. And the, yeah. the decisions that they make, that kind of rides on the country. Now you never should have gave it to a demon. And if it was given to a demon unjustly, you need to kind of do something about that, you know, cause discussion, get, get, you know, go deeper if you need to, you know, I think that one of the biggest things is like with, with, with the government things in general, it's just like, you gotta be, you gotta voice your voice, your deal, voice your opinion. The discussion's important, you know, running in there and, and killing people, you know, doesn't really solve anything. It just makes you look like uneducated goons. You got to really, you got to approach it from a, a, a more like intelligent way, so to speak. I mean, there was a time when f- taken by force was, was the way to do it. And in certain situations, it still is. It's just trickier. It's a delicate, more delicate situation. It, I, it really depends on what day you catch me because some days I'll say nothing could be solved with words anymore. Like it's gone so far that I don't think discussion would even work anymore on certain days. You know what I mean? I say, you know, I, w- I won't go as far as to say w- what the other thing that would work would be, but like, yeah, I just you, sometimes discuss, you get to a point where discussion won't discussions just keeping the simmer from the boil. You know what I mean? And, uh, yeah. So next up we have, but one more thing about Cleveland. Cause Cleve, Cleveland's a good dude, right? We all, we all like Cleveland. Yeah. Now. Why he, why is there another thing? He won himself over. Not, not too much, but I do want to dive deeper into this guy. To see this guy's fucked. Dude, he's really fucked up. Um, believing Cleveland was responsible for what, what had happened, she wanted to charge him with assault and abduction. But instead of ending up behind bars, Cleveland eventually wound up in the White House. So, so this was pre-White House. So it's kind of weird that, you know, this day and age, this would have been, this would have been all smeared all across the media during, you know, oh, running, yeah. you know what I mean? Again, the fact that there was no media back in the day or the media was like a newspaper that you, 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 you get a month later, you know what I mean? If it comes across your way, if you're important enough to see it. Um, but when the story made headlines in 1884, Cleveland claimed it was a consensual affair and then proceeded to attack her character. What a guy. Mm. You know what I mean? I guess the catch 22 is she could have been, she could have been, she could have been lying, but I don't think she was. I think I think the old he think says it, she says. Yeah, I think it could it could have you could, since the beginning of time. There's always been people on both sides of the of the gender or multiples, whatever. The, well, back in the then it was the two sides. 
but there's always been each side that have been bad news. You know what I mean? That it would go to the distance to lie or whatever. But in this case, I, I've, I've, I'm with her. I read the way the way the way we just read this. I believe her completely. I believe the dude, the gigantic pile of shit. Yeah. Uh, and like this, this, the further it goes back. I mean, I'm sure the more horrifying it gets. And realistically, with the, with with things like the media, which it's it's like social media uh, to the point of like it's a lot of negative comes from it, but there's good too. Like people wouldn't be, you know, people kind of get a, a held accountable because of the media. You know what I mean? Certain medias. So there's a little bit of good. There's a little bit of good with the media. Um, but as like everything, it gets corrupted, you know. Next up, Thomas Jefferson's murderous nephews. Now, if you're the nephew of Thomas Jefferson and you murdering motherfuckers, you don't get in trouble because you're under the umbrella of Thomas Jefferson. You know what I mean? If you were under the umbrella of fucking George Jefferson, you know, it'd be a problem. It'd be, a, it'd be an issue. You know what I mean? And I like George Jefferson a hell of a lot more. I want to hear about these boys. That's it. You ready for this? Of all the founding fathers, none are more complicated than Thomas Jefferson himself. Really? Did you hear the last guy? You seem pretty complicated. (laughs) Well, we we have a guy. Who knows? Maybe he has the same rap sheet as the other dude and allowing his family to kill people for free. God he was the guy who promised life, liberty, or the pursuit of happiness. Uh, he called slavery a moral depravity and actually tried to pass laws limited to peculiar institution, to a pecu- peculiar institution. However, Jefferson owned over 600 slaves throughout his life. He separated families, published a scientific defense of racism, and said that black people were as incapable or uh, incapable were as incapable as children. So that's more of that, like what I'm going to say is different than what I'm going to do type situations. Yeah. Things get even more twisted when you look at Jefferson's family tree. Lilburn uh, and Isham Lewis were Jefferson's nephews, sons of his sister. They were also incredibly violent and fond of the bottle. And on December 15th, 1811, things took a horrible turn on their Kentucky plantation. Roaring drunk, Lilburn sent a 17-year-old slave named George to fetch water. When George accidentally broke a pitcher, uh, the Lewis brothers chained the teen onto the floor of the cabin and forced their slaves to watch as they decapitated and dismembered the young man. Holy fuck, dude. There was some psychotic motherfuckers running around back in this time. You know, the slave life, fucking horrifying, dude. Like, you can't even imagine putting myself in a situation. Like, on edge at all times, you know what I mean? It's fucking horrifying, dude. This is like that scene from, this is like beyond the fucking Django scene with DiCaprio having him fight to the death, dude. That's fucking horrifying. Dude. Can you imagine just what that what it was like? I can't even imagine what it was like knowing this shit like this happens over small stuff, stuff like that, dude. They'd had to they they 
And it's so crazy because you're, it's like prison, dude. You're thrown there. You got to deal with these people. It's like bad, um, wardens. You know what I mean? It's like dealing with like fucking demonic wardens. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he spilled, he spilled some fucking water, dude. That is horrifying. Now, I would probably. That is how a ghost is made. <laughs> I see that, dude, for sure. My guess, my dude, my guess is these hateful little motherfuckers. It was more than just this water. You know what I mean? They probably had. The dude was probably better looking than them or something. You know what I mean? Like it was probably something twisted. Or like yeah, you seen the it, fucking pinochle. You seen the pinochle and, and it was too big. Jealous. Ah, dude, for real. Like there was something. Yeah, these people were straight up demonic, like fucking possessed by the devil. Uh, but in both accounts. But like they were either, you know, jealousies of the human flesh got them and made them do demonic shit, or they were straight up fucking the devil within them. You know what I mean? Like, are you, how, you, yeah, dude, I can't even fathom, dude. Uh, what, decapitated and dismembered the young man. Fucking horrifying, dude. A 17 year old kid. Fucking wild. That's madness. Madness. That's absolutely insane. When they said murder, dude, I thought we were talking, they were running around shooting people. You know what I mean? Like, no, like, like, th- like these are like sacrificial killings. Yeah, dude. I thought they were doing like Bundy Berkowitz, like Son of Sam type, running around shooting people, fucking running away laughing type deal. <laughs> this is like, this is beyond. This is fucking. This is like straight demonic. After the murder, the Lewis brothers ordered the slaves to burn George's body and clean up the evidence. Dang. Wow. Dude. This is like his family that they told him to do, probably. You know what I mean? Uh, chances are good Laburn and Isham would have gotten away with it had it not been for that meddling mother nature. An earthquake destroyed the cabin's chimney, putting out the fire and sparing George from total incineration. Later, a dog was seen walking around with the slave's head between its teeth. I don't know if that's theatrics or if that's reality. LeBurn and Isham were arrested, but the nephews soon escaped, probably through the help of the uncle. Mm-hmm. After breaking free, the two agreed to shoot each other, but before they could take aim, LeBurn accidentally killed himself. Isham, on the other hand, managed to escape and was never found. That's kind of like a little Columbine deal. Um, Supposedly, at the end of Columbine, when Eric and Dylan got down to those last moments, I guess the Dylan, they were supposed to kill themselves, and Dylan, story goes, was too afraid to do it. So Eric shot him and then shot himself. That's the story. So that kind of has that vibe to it. I've heard that story. Yeah. And it's uh, kind of like this, but it's weird, dude. Like... When you make a pact, when you make a weird pact like that, and what I've always wondered what the dynamic was and the guilt of a situation where two people make a pact like that, one does it and the other one doesn't do it. You know what I mean? Mm. Like there's got to be some crazy guilt, but these two were demons. And yeah. I, dude, I guarantee the one who didn't do it was thinking about all the fucked up shit he did. You know what I mean? And he was like, I don't want to know. I think this <laughs> over. I gotta think this over. I gotta try and make this good somehow before uh, I do it. Yeah, it's weird. So the dude, he, so one of them went out on the run. What's great? I bet this is what happened. The one that lived went on the lamb. Eventually, contacted the uncle, and he said, "Uncle, I didn't want to do any of it. He influenced me to do it. I want to come back. I need your help." 
And then the uncle probably brought him back. And he probably just lived in the fucking shadows the rest of his life doing terrible shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Realistically, yeah. <laughs> That's probably what happened. Um, insanity. True insanity. So he was never found. He could be out there today, folks. <laughs> your your great-great-grandfather could be fucking Isham. So be careful. Fucking Isham. I was our boy Richard Nixon. Tricky Dick. Uh, uh, and our story with Tricky Dick is uh, Tricky Dick might have tried to kill a reporter, believe it or not. I believe it, dude. Yeah, yeah. And, I and believe it, man. I believe anything right now. Yeah. Let's go. That, that, don't, that don't even <laughs> sound like a bad, like, it's bad, but that doesn't even sound half as bad as Yeah, that. that's, uh, that's cool. <laughs> and it's like, he was, I think Nixon was kind of like the first turn, turning point where the media was... Uh, reporting on presidents doing fucked up things. So, like, the fact that he was the first president, all of them were bad, but not all, maybe not all of them, but a lot of them were bad and um, did bad things that all got kind of brushed under the rug by the media. And the fact that he was one of the first ones that the media really went at, uh, I could see him definitely getting so aggravated because the ego complex of being the president and shit and, you know, you don't get, you're not, you're not a fucking poor dude and become president. You grew up rich, you know, and you had the life, you know what I mean? So the dude probably never heard anything fucking negative his whole life. And like, now he's got people talking shit to him. So he's like, he can't believe the gall that a regular person that is below him could go on a platform and talk shit to him. So that's probably why this reporter caught himself on the list. Um, scheming and manipulative. Richard Nixon was the real life Lex Luthor. Only in a less polished, uh, and only less polished, and with more hair. While Watergate was the crime that brought him down, the man responsible for the whole ho- uh, host of the secret missions and illegal activities, like possibly trying to murder a reporter. Ah, uh. yeah, he does. He doesn't. He he's. Uh, he says, "I got a report for you, Jack." Boom! They shot him in the chest. Jack Anderson was the journalist behind the syndicated column, Washington Merry-Go-Round. Despite the cheerful title, the column was all about exposing politicians and airing dirty laundry in D.C. And Anderson's number one target was Nixon. Over the years, Anderson repeatedly took Nixon to task, calling him out for the secret slush funds and geopolitical scandals, which, as you might expect, didn't sit well with the president. Along with his aides, Nixon talked about discrediting Anderson with false information or attacking his sexuality. However, things got really dark around 1972 when White House plumbers Howard Hunt and G. Gordon Liddy began comparing outside Anderson's house, uh, uh, camping outside of Anderson's house and watching his every move. In addition to the spying, the plumbers even discussed taking journalist out of the picture they considered spiking his drink putting poison in his medicine cabinet and rubbing lsd on his steering wheel hoping to uh and ensuing the acid trip would cause him to wreck wreck his car um yes i believe things like this would happen it's very interesting when they said the different ways that they contemplated um doing it you know spiking his drink you know, with, as far, you know, that is something people, you, I, I've seen videos online 
of like people of weird positions of power, whether it be political or activists or whatever it is. And, you know, they, they're drinking water and then they just randomly die. So like the idea that they'd put something in water um, to kill you off seems like one of the, probably the realistically most best ideas to do something to kill somebody off. Putting poison in his medicine cabinet, you know, I assume... I assume we're talking about switching up his medicine with like a pill that's actually like fucking, you know, n- not not as like heart medicine, but fucking yeah. cyanide or something, you know. Um, and then rubbing LSD on his steering wheel is kind of a fun one. That sounds kind of weird, awkwardly fun. It's my favorite out of them all. My too, my too. Now at least you go out with a bang. You know what I mean. We're talking that government LSD, though. That's a whole Ooh. different story. The, the government LSD could be LSD that you it goes into you, you and you just you turn to your right and the devil's sitting there, and things get really bad from that point on until you're dead. That might not be as fun, you know what I mean? Because it's it's all it's like it'd be interesting if 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 they could figure out a frequency with LSD where like once they put you in this zone that it's almost like a dimensional state mm. that they could almost send something dimensionally through you, you know what I mean? To you. That'd be a weird take. Like there's like, if they knew, like if they knew that, and they've been experimenting with dimensional jumps for a long time. And uh, if they knew that, you know, they could put some scent on you or some color that attracts something bad in a different dimension. This is very far fetched. I understand folks out there. But in a, in a different dimension, there is like a demon. Like, the, go check out Boombastic Meat. The Insomniac short is on the Boombastic Media YouTube page. There's a demon in it. And this demon is dimensional. And it's almost a take like that where, let's say, it could throw you in this different dimension through acid and almost give you the scarlet lettering so it would see you. And then it would know this is something that was sent here for us to eat either physically or mentally, spiritually take their essence, you know. Let's go back to reality. I feel like I'm upsetting everybody. <laughs> I don't like what you just did to me, man. I know. It's dimensional. It's dimensional. It's dimensional. So let me let me wreck this car with some LSD. While the plumbers never carried out the plan, a hunt did eventually confess to their murderous plot, claiming the order for the hit uh, must have come all the way from the sweaty, paranoid top. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, they're very creative with those kills. You know, th- at this point, they're really trying to figure out ways to kill without being noticed. noticed. Yeah. Like in the past, it just, the, the, you know, somebody would just, he'd just get shot going to get his newspaper in the morning or his mailbox would blow up, you know what I mean, when he opened the door. Uh, or his house burned down and they realized that his whole family would chain together by because they, they didn't use, <laughs> well, we won't say what they should use, but the, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> one, of the, <laughs> one of those things. So, you know, it's, uh, we're in a new time of, uh, assassination the assassination game it's a whole lot of interesting things and the way they do their science and they do all their testing and stuff like i said before i think that you know i think that they're they, they've probably gotten to a heightened place of this where they could and figured out frequencies that they could call you they want somebody dead they call you you pick up the phone 
you hear this hum that could be could be at a frequency only a dog would hear. But whatever this hum is, fucking sets off bleeding in your brain, give you blood clots, could do and could do whatever, and you're dead. You're dead within like four hours. Like I think that's realistic. Um, to go there's a, there's a big there's a, a theory on Stanley Kubrick, the great filmmaker. Um, he did the last film he did was a film called Eyes Wide Shut. Uh, it deals with like Illuminati stuff, you know, real secret society type stuff. I want to say six days after they screened that movie for the first time to the studios, he died of a heart attack in his sleep. And a lot of people say that they think that he was killed in that way. He was given something that would kill him via pill medication wise or drink or whatever or maybe something at that screening he was given um and they think that like people that actually are higher higher like secret society type people wanted him killed off because he was pulling back the curtain a little bit because the first time i could ever really think of that type of illuminati secret society type seeing that i'd have to say it would be that film when that movie came out in like the mid to late nineties was like, Who? what, what the fuck is this? Who's in that one? Um, Nicole Kidman and Tom. Yeah, but ne- never seen it. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's, I love Kubrick. So I've seen it. It's, it's a fun movie. Um, it's like, it's super dark. It's supposed to be though. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's just kind of, it's, you know, Tom, and I like Tom Cruise. A lot of people shit on Tom Cruise. I think he's a talented dude. And uh, but it's all about Tom Cruise, like finding himself in the underbelly of a secret society and like, you know, slowly finding out that it's bigger than he ever thought it was and that everybody kind of around him was tied into it. And Kubrick also has a weird tie to the conspiracy theory world where a lot of people uh, a lot of people think that he faked the the moon landing. He was involved with that moon landing. Uh, He was the director. He was the director. That's what people think, which I think that's a little far-fetched. Their claim is that it had a very 2001 Space Odyssey look to it. They say that space wouldn't really, it looked more like a movie than it did real life. Space wouldn't really look that way in cameras. Um, And they said that it looked more like matte painting and like a set. They said people wouldn't, the way they floated was not exactly accurate to how you would float on the moon or whatever. And the, the footsteps weren't accurate, like the way the dust would come up or whatever. Uh, I don't know. Some weird thing. Like, I don't know if I subscribe to that. I don't know enough on it to fully give an opinion, but I do know that those are two big conspiracies with Kubrick, which is they, they had the secret societies had him killed after making eyes wide shut and that he was involved with faking the moon landing. We'll do an episode. Kidman. They should have killed Kidman. They should have killed. Well, maybe they did. It's very important. They killed. They killed her mind. They took over her body. That was kind of the end of Kidman, I think, in a big way. You know, and Cruz. I mean, that Cruz is still going, but as far you know, that that's a great movie. If you get it, I don't even know where you would see it. I had to. I had to. We didn't have to because I wanted it. But the only way I could get it to watch again. I had the VHS. I had to buy the Blu-ray because uh, they don't. It doesn't stream anywhere, not mm-hmm. like legally at least. It might be. I'm sure it's pirated, but yeah, it's definitely pirated. Yeah, but it's a it's a good flick. It's uh, 
it's really like to watch it as a kid. It was, I, I didn't like it as a kid. When I watched it as a kid, I didn't like it because it's not, it's over my head. You know what I mean? There's so mm. many weird things in it that you're just watching it. Is this okay? It's this Tom Cruise is this doctor, the successful doctor who is, finds himself in this weird world. Um, and you know, you're kind of more fascinated with the colors and the costumes and stuff as a kid. But as you watch it when you're older and you, and you kind of, uh, subscribe to the realities of these things a little more. You watch it and you go, wow, this kind of was a weird, dangerous movie for him to make when he made it. Um, so then you can kind of go, the, the reality of maybe that being true isn't that far-fetched at that point. That's my take. Yeah. yeah. All right, next up, FDR, Franklin Delano Roosevelt and the Holocaust. Uh, when Hitler rose to power, thousands of Jewish citizens decided to seek refuge in the United States. But when these Europeans arrived in America, they were often forced to return to their homeland, where many died in concentration camps. And while Franklin Delano Roosevelt could have saved countless lives uh, for most of the war, he stood on the sidelines. In fairness, Roosevelt himself wasn't anti-Semitic uh, during the war. He allowed Jewish leaders into the country and tried to find nations where immigrants could resettle. In 1944, he formed the War Refuge Board, which saved thousands, but it was too little too late. The U.S. had already turned away boatloads of immigrants due to economic and political fears. In the in 1930s, America was still suffering from the Great Depression, hoping to take a load off the economy. Quotas were set for how many Europeans could enter the country each year. Things only got worse when the Nazis showed up. And the quota for Germans and Austrians coming into the U.S. was set for 27,000 people a year. That's a staggeringly small amount. And Roosevelt could have expanded the quotes, but due to political pressure, he declined to do so. You know, and that's the political pressure is like when you're when yeah, you come usually come from a pretty good background, a wealthy background, but to become president, that's a lot of loot. That's a lot of power. Um, usually the people, that's why people usually become so corrupt is because usually there's, there's outside parties that are get pay, paying for you to run for president. And mm -hmm. then, then once you get it, you owe them something back and it ain't money, my friend. It ain't money. <laughs> it's favor and power. So like that's the deal with that. So I, you know, there's that. I believe I could definitely see him not wanting to ruffle feathers that way, or even just be being told what to do. But even still, he definitely could have helped. Uh, the 937 passengers of the St. Louis, which is a European ship that was sent back to Germany, instead the president kept silent and allowed over a quarter of the passengers to be murdered by the Nazis. He also could have uh, supported a bill that would have allowed. 20,000 German kids to sail to the U.S., but FDR refused to participate. Yeah, it's one of those weird deals. Um, I don't know if it's one of those I don't want to get involved things. Yeah, I mean, it's a weird, it's wartime, too. Yeah. You know? You don't know, like, if they could be spies. Or if it's exactly. <laughs> Like you, like we we talked about, I think the last episode, um, bring, se sending sick people as weapons. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like when they uh, when they were trying to give us, uh, 
forget who it was. We were trying to send, I think maybe Austria was trying to send us all those, like, uh, they were trying to send us something. I don't think it was, I don't, I think it was some type of animal or something. It wasn't a person. I don't think it was people. I hope I'm not wrong because that would sound very bad if I was. Uh, we was, uh, what was it? Monkeys. Monkeys, that's what it was. And we contemplated them be having some type of virus. To take, uh, yeah, to take, uh, well, they were going to send us monkeys for the minefield. The minefield, that's right. Yes, yes, yes. Um, things only got worse when a German spy was found sneaking into the U.S. aboard a ship of immigrants. There you go. Yeah. Uh, while it was an isolated incident, people were terrified the Nazis might pose re- uh, refuge or force Jews to commit acts of sabotage. Even Roosevelt. Uh, publicly spread this idea. And he, uh, his attorney general went so far as to say every precaution must be taken to prevent the enemy agents slipping across the borders. Uh, that's something that you won't hear nowadays. As a result of the one incident, more immigrants were heavenly screened and sent back to Hitler, dooming untold numbers of terrified people. Nowadays, it's kind of like we'd rather look good than protect ourselves in a way. You know what I mean? We'd rather be popular, the cool guy. America has a stance right now. I kind of feel I can only speak for myself where I can say they're trying to be they want to be the cool kid in school. So even though they know they're going to do something that's going to hurt themselves, so to speak, they want that other person to like them. So they do it. So like, even though maybe the American folks might take a hit on it, if they can help out somebody else's folks and make themselves look good, they'll rather help out the other folks than their own people. That's kind mm-hmm. of the vibe I feel. Uh, but yeah. That. Yeah. Well, thank, thank you. Thank you. But yeah, it's weird. You know, they, one of those things that whenever people talk about the Holocaust, they always talk about why nobody else stepped in and helped. That's one of the big things. And, I think, you know, who's to say why anybody personally made, personally made that decision? I mean, for the the greater good, people will always say you should have stepped up and, you know, we could have caught ourselves with a bigger problem. You know what I mean? Um, and by all means, I don't support the Holocaust. You know what I mean? Uh, but I could almost see an opinion of why people, why people wouldn't want to get involved. Uh, either they were friendly with the people. And they were just saying, do, do your deal. We wish it wasn't so public. So we, you know, we, it's so blatant that we're turning, uh, turning our, our face to it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, and then there's the side of, you know, we just don't want to get involved. We got our own issues type deal. But this is also coming from a time in the world where I think America was kind of the flip of what it is now, where it was more, let's care about our people and other people later type situation. Yeah. Whereas it now it's the flip, unfortunately. But what can can you do? Um, Let me see here. It's, uh, but yeah, it's one of those deals. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's 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 a weird line. It's a weird line to um, to ride. But at that position. At the position of, I don't, it's weird, man, because there's so much goes into that decision, you know what I mean, that I can't, and I don't know the full of it, and there's so many weird deals. Definitely the Holocaust was terrible. Nobody should be killed because they're certain. You should only be killed if you kill other people. 
if you're someone going around just murdering people because you, that's your fucking that's you don't agree with them yeah you don't agree with them or even worse that's just like what you like to do like you you're a problem you know what i mean you're not there's nothing positive is going to come from you. you we can probably just get rid of you now type deal um but like yeah people i'm very live and let live i think the whole show is very live and let live and you know yeah, we don't support any fucking killing of anybody unless they're uh, killers themselves or Germs. fucking Germs. Or, or pedophiles. We 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 support. We Absolutely. do. We do support the extermination of pedophiles. Yes. Um, next up on the docket here, we have Andrew Jackson adopted a Native American child and called him his pet. Woo! That's kind of a problematic thing. I don't think that would fly nowadays. Wait, did you say Native American? Yeah. Native American child. So, yeah. As his pet. Yeah, the old Indian. Our Indian friends are getting the, getting the shaft on this one. They've been known to get the shaft a lot in history, unfortunately. Andrew Jackson might not be the worst president in U.S. history, but he's definitely the worst person to become president. After all, he's the only commander-in-chief who once earned a living as a slave trader. In 1806, he murdered a man who accused him of cheating and insulted his wife. And it's possible he was involved in numerous other duels. Most famously, Jackson was a notorious Indian fighter who turned into a genocidal maniac as president, forcing nearly 50,000 Native Americans to march from southeastern U.S. to Oklahoma. Thousands died along the way, including nearly a third of the entire Choctaw Nation. That's a trail, I believe, you can still walk to this day. I forget the name of the trail, but it's a, you people do it to this day. They still take that walk. Um, horrifying. Like we were talking about, you know, the natives got a really big, real fucking abuse culture, group of people. It's unfortunate. Um, an Indian, notorious Indian fighter. So he was a dude that he was like, he was the dude, he was candy. He was candy yeah. from Django, but with native Americans. Um, what a world. And, uh, but oddly enough, before becoming president, Jackson actually adopted a Cherokee child. That's, that seems sweet, but the story is more complicated than a simple case of fatherly love. In 1813, General Jackson's troops attacked the tribe of Creek natives at the Battle of Talashuti. After his soldiers wiped out nearly 200 Creek men, Jackson found a boy in the rubble and took him home. Jackson named the kid Linkaya, but instead of referring to him as his son, Jackson called the boy a pet. Wow. <laughs> the Linkoya is almost like a, no, a lichen. Lichen is the werewolf, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, dude. That's fucking horrifying. And, like, I agree with what this thing was just saying. We're like, don't, don't, don't. Not yet. Don't just don't think it's sweet yet, because yeah, like he took it as a trophy, dude. He didn't take it to take yeah. care of it. You know, what he I mean? was showing he it, it off, and he was showing him off in town. <laughs> exactly. He took it. In a, how hard? Another thing, like trying to put yourself in the fucking that kid, that kid's fucking mind. He doesn't know what's going on, dude. If he, if he was speaking another language and shit, 
out of the language. I mean, if he was old enough to realize that his family just got killed in front of him and <clears throat> burned to the ground and all that shit like that, that's traumatic. And now you have the dude that was leading the parade. Um, you're at his house. I doubt he treated, he calls you a pet, which granted the kid probably didn't understand what was being said, but yeah. still horrific. And I'm doing If he was, if he could have read the faces and the moods and the vibes, I'm sure. I doubt the dude was a nice guy. I doubt it was one of those situations where it's the, the nice guy, but like, you know what I mean? Like when, when, when he thinks he can't understand, he'll throw a couple shots type deal. The dude is probably garbage the whole way through, you know? Yeah. That, that's like calling his pet. I want to, and after acquiring Lincoln, Jackson gave the native boy to his six year old son. Holy shit. Oh, dude, and these kids, Andrew Jr., he got to live up to daddy's uh, yeah. reputation. The um, Hoping he'd take care of the Creek child, I die, I'm sure. I'm sure he was really concerned. Over the years, Jackson adopted several other Native kids and gave them to his, and gave them to his words. It's all especially disturbing when you remember that, as, as slate writer Rebecca Onion puts it, Jackson called Creek people. Uh, took Creek land and raised their children as his own primal act as a primal act of domination. So that is, dude, that is really, when you think about that, that is some insult to injury gangster shit is bad news. It's like you got beef with somebody and the fun for the dude, the people he had beef with don't even have beef with him. That's the crazy part. That is like, they, they thought they were like, 50-50, 50-50, they're like, these people riding up on us are 50-50 going to be our best pals or going to be the devil yeah. himself. And uh, they were hoping they were going to be best pals. It didn't Not quite go devil. that way. No. So, uh, horrifying, dude. So he goes around, he kills people off, he takes their kids and hit their trophies. I wonder what I get. I wonder what their. I wonder what the life was like after that. If they were all living in a farm like animals, or if they were like living in these these castles or whatever. If, I wonder what that. I'm sure they were treated like shit, but I wonder what the dynamic of living quarters were, and like if they really, if they ate like food out of bowls on the ground like animals. You know what I mean? Or if they were allowed yeah, to the cross. That's what I feel, which is crazy. Because um, I mean, if I don't know, man. If you're gonna, yeah, dude. Well, I, I assume if you were gonna do the insult like that, where you wanted to take them as trophies, treating them like garbage would kind of be more insult to injury. It's awful, but you assume a person that thought that way would get off on the fact that he's continuing to treat this bloodline like fucking garbage after he's killed them. You know what I mean? And you also have that vibe of like the you know. Native Americans are very spiritual people. You know what I mean? So, like, they believe in the afterlife and all that. So, like, he knows that those parents are going to be watching what happens with that kid. You know what I mean? Mm. It gets really dark. It does some dark shit there. Um, As for Lacona, uh, Jackson originally wanted him to attend West Point. But instead, Lacona ended up apprenticing with a saddle maker. Tragically, the young Creek never opened his own business as he passed away of tuberculosis at age 16. So going into this, I guess, West Point, I, I, it's a college, I think, if I remember correctly. Military Academy? 
It could be. That's very. That's probably what it is. Actually, I think you're. I think you're right. Now that you said that, I think West Point is a military college. I, I think it is Academy military. So yeah, he was putting them back into the system. So he wasn't ready for a second. I thought he was giving them an education, and I was going to be like, "Well, maybe it's not so bad." But he was going to send him off to war to fight his own. Exactly, it's which is like unreal. Which is crazy when you think about that it. poor fucking kid, man. Yeah, dude. There's a, you know, it's kind of there. There had to have been crazy story. I'd love to read a book or see a movie on like a kid that went through all this and then like somehow tried to make like made good. You know what I mean? Like survived. Like like this dude didn't want to do what the guy wanted him to do, and he went and did the saddle maker stuff. You know, like somebody who went through all this fucking trauma. But like at the end of it, with their own person, were independent and just kind of survived all this shit. You know what I mean? I'd love to see like that tale of it. Um, you know the fact that he wanted what's re- what's kind of interesting is that he wanted him to attend West Point, but the kid decided to do something else. So the fact that the kid still wanted was had that choice is interesting. You know what I mm. mean? I do find a little interest in that. Um, I do. I'm very questionable on this guy's motives. I mean, it's, it's from a whole different time. So who's to say that he didn't, who's to say that it's, it's, you know, even what people perceive to other people sometimes isn't quite what it is. So who's to say that the dude felt guilty of what he did and want to try and maybe give a better life and maybe him giving him to the kid thought maybe him and the kid would click up. Uh, he got him. It, he got him tuberculosis. He, he yeah, said he wasn't he going to West Point. Well, they were trying TB on. That's what he did. They, mm. He dosed him. He put tuberculosis in his water, and he got You're him. Not, not going to West Point, huh? All right, you're done. Yeah. No more use. After all the things I've done for you, it was probably the first time the kid was disobedient to him. I know. He made his, uh, and then then he sent him off. Yeah, yeah. young because he did. Yeah, sixteen. 16, man, young. But that's probably old for back in the day. That's middle age for back in the day. Yeah. Yeah, that's some lunatic stuff for sure. Um, You know, it's one of those crazy deals, crazy dealios over there. Um, uh, J. Uh, George Washington, the boy himself, you know, his false teeth, the wooden teeth claim, uh, the wooden teeth claim is, is false. It was made up of a bunch of different things as well as teeth from the slaves. Uh, you know, you've made an impact in history when people make up stories about teeth. You know what I mean? Uh, records show that in 1784, Washington paid his slaves 122 shillings to buy nine of their teeth. This was actually only one-third of the going rate for human teeth. Washington then had his dentist shove the teeth he'd he pulled from his slaves right into his mouth, which is probably why we just tell the children that his teeth are made of wood. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes a lot of, uh, I kind of, would make sense. Wood, it, wood keeps it cartoon-like, almost family-friendly. So you just shove the teeth in his mouth? That's horrifying, too. That's, yeah, that's definitely... If you, I guess if you wanted to, you can contaminate your tooth if you wanted to put them down for the count. I'd rather have wooden teeth. I think you can make an instrument. When you whistled, it would sound better, I oh. think, with the wooden teeth. Um, 
you know, George, Washington also, he made a fortune off of whiskey and slaves. Other than the current president-elect, George Washington was the richest president in U.S. history, mostly through inheritance and marriage. His wife, Martha, inherited a massive property when her first husband died. A huge 8,000-acre plantation dotted with five separate farms. Ron Adams peaked over, uh, peak had over 300 slaves. He made another fortune, though, when his presidency ended in, 19, in 1797. As he was leaving office, he opened a whiskey distillery. So I'm sure he gave himself all the okay, took all the, the fucking red tape off of that for him. Yeah. It didn't take long before it was the biggest one in the country. By the time Washington died in 1799, he was shipping 42,000 liters of whiskey across the country each year. Another fun thing about that is he also grew marijuana. You know what I mean? Uh, his diaries make it clear that he was farming marijuana to harvest THC from the female plants. The diaries repeated talk of the struggles to properly separate the male and female plants. On May 12, 1765, Washington wrote, sowed hemp at Muddy Hole by Swamp. Later on August 7th, he complained that he began to separate the male from the female plants rather too late. The next year, he wrote he was pulling up the male hemp. It's highly likely that he smoked his harvest, too. For one, there was no law against doing, doing so at this time. There was also uh, unconfirmed reports that he had a habit of stuffing pipes full of marijuana. <laughs> According to one story, Washington and Thomas and Jefferson liked to swap their homegrown crops of marijuana as personal gifts. I have a little more respect for him for that. Not too much more, but a little bit. Not too much more. That's funny that they were swapping weed. That's that's the one of the funniest things I ever heard. Washington was supposedly uh, paid the most. The most uh, he was paid more than any other president, supposedly. Uh, appointed general of the Revolutionary Army, he asked for no salary. All he asked was that they reimburse his expenses. It seemed incredibly noble until he came back with the bill. Washington racked up every expense he could. He hired actors and theaters to put on plays. He spent uh, he spent six thousand dollars on booze, which back in the day was fucking a gigantic wow. number. Yeah. Uh, while the army while the army nearly starved, he ate so luxuriously that he actually gained fourteen kilograms, which is thirty pounds. In the end, his bill came to four hundred forty nine thousand two hundred sixty one dollars and fifty one cents. He wouldn't give him that extra 51 cents. He said, I need it. I need it. Um, <laughs> Congress, having already signed the deal, had to pay him every penny. Yikes. When they made him president, Washington tried to get the same deal, but Congress had learned their lesson. They made him accept a salary. Still, Washington managed to negotiate the highest salary in the U.S. president has ever received, one that made up 2% of the national budget. Interesting. He thought that Chinese people were white, which would be an issue nowadays for him. Uh, that would be a problem. Yeah, that would be a problem. He was a transporter of slaves, you know. He set the record for library fines, if you want to get a little fun with it. He never, in, 19, in 1789, Washington borrowed two books from the New York Society Library, Laws of Nations. In, the vol vol in volume 12 of Common Debates, an apparently excited librarian marked his name down as the president in the ledger. Well, that's the problem. You don't put his name, he, can't, he ain't going to pay shit. Yeah. 
Uh, he told him to return the books on November 2nd and let him go. Washington never came back. His fees kept building up. It uh, wasn't until 1934 that the library found the ledger and realized that Washington had stiffed them. Uh, finally, in 2010, Washington's Mount Vernon estate ordered copies of the books online and sent them to the library. By then, Washington had technically acquired a record-setting late fee of more than $300,000. That's kind of underwhelming amount of money. That is. Well, for back then, well, back then it was gigantor. What's funny is he, they never would have, he didn't have to pay that shit. He's the president. He was having yeah. killed off. The library. The library, dude. That's what kept the libraries open, getting that money. The fact that, dude, I even realized libraries were kicking back then. You know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't even know there's that many books to have a fucking library back then. You know what I mean? Before they burnt them all because they had too yeah, many. He borrowed both books and never returned them. That's why they remember it so well. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. So, yeah, so I think that's the first, our first batch, our first voyage into these uh, these presidential confidentials here. You know, this was a good one. There's a lot of interesting, fun facts on this one. Yeah, that one was fun. Hell, yeah. You want to say anything in closing on this I'm, one? I'm a hungry boy. <laughs> what better thing to be to say on closing? We're not in the, you know, r- real quick, out of all these stories today, who do you think the biggest shit bag we talked about? Oh, what was that guy? Cleveland. Cleveland Kaba. Whatever. Uncle Cleve. Yeah, that guy. That Uncle, guy's a piece of shit. Uncle Cleve is king shit bag of this. There country. you go. One of the presidents is shit bag of the week. And I'm surprised we don't hear more about him. But actually, I'm not surprised because all we hear about him is garbage. So that's probably why he's under there. What a fucking world, man. What a fucking world. Well, if this interested y'all, I'd say dig deeper. There's a lot of crazy facts out there we didn't get into that we'll get into some more of them on the next edition of this this certain segment. But uh, if you like this episode, go check out the other sh- episodes where you're listening to this. Check out Boombastic Media's YouTube page. Check out Boombastic Streaming on Patreon for the supporters. But, uh... Dang, what a, what a, every time I get into political stuff, it's like, you always get more discouraged with how things are. You're like, well, because the biggest thing, the, the biggest discouraging thing about that is the, the, the line between them and us. The fact that they can run amok and do whatever the fuck they want to do. But society, if we do one little fucking thing that we step out of line and crack a little eggshell, that they're willing to destroy our fucking lives, mm-hmm. throw us away forever for bullshit. Meanwhile, the people that are the face of our fucking country and the people leading the parade are daily doing ungodly things, straight up demonic things, destroying people's lives, killing their minds, killing their physical, just being the worst fucking the worst specimens of human fucking kind ever brought forth. You know what I mean? Uh, and that's why we're doing these segments because we like to let everybody know. Uh, yeah. Don't, don't hold back there, man. Don't hold back. Don't fucking <laughs> hold back. Never hold back. These scumbags. These, I'm over here now. Hey.
Shout out to the Dice Man. Dice Man's listening. Be well. Let me fuck you. Jonathan. Yo. Be well. You too. Thank you. We'll, we'll catch all y'all on the next episode of Behold a Pale Podcast. We have to acknowledge in all quarters of leadership that the plagues of violent extremism, greed, lust for power, sectarian exploitation, often find their nourishment where governments are fragile and leaders are incompetent or dishonest. And that is why the quality of governance is no longer just a domestic concern. And I say to all of you who engage in the politics of one country or another and support people in them, you need to demand accountability from those potential leaders or existing leaders. In Ukraine, under the previous regime, official venality and greed triggered an international crisis. In Syria, Assad was unwilling to respond to the legitimate concerns of young people who came out in the streets to demonstrate for opportunity, for jobs, for education. And when their parents were upset that they'd been met with thugs, the parents went out and demonstrated on behalf of their kids, and they were met with guns and bullets. Assad turned on his own people with a brutality, delivered the largest humanitarian disaster of our times, literally employing the long-forbidden weapon of man's destruction, gas, outlawed in World War I, employing it against his own people. In Libya and Yemen, the absence of effective governance fueled regional strife. In Burundi, disrespect for the Constitution has spawned an outbreak of violence. In far too many countries, just plain rank corruption has generated such powerful headwinds that local economies have to expend all of their energy just to tread water. Now, obviously, corruption's not a new problem. Every nation has faced it at one time or another in its development. America's own founding fathers knew the threat of corruption all too well, warning of the dangers that it posed to democratic governance. But today, corruption has grown at an alarming pace and threatens global growth, global stability, and indeed the global future. And when Prime Minister Abadi, who I met with yesterday, we talked about the reform effort in Iraq, when he took office in Iraq over a year ago, he found the government payroll weighted down with 50,000 soldiers who didn't even exist. That meant $380 million of dishonest public officials that got that money instead of it going to build the kind of inclusive and capable security forces that Iraq desperately needed. When Nigeria's President Buhari took office last spring, he inherited a military that was underpaid, underfed, and unable to protect the Nigerian people from Boko Haram. And one reason is that much of the military budget was finding its way into the pockets of the generals. And just this week, we saw reports that more than 50 people in Nigeria, including former government officials, stole $9 billion from the Treasury. Still in the United States, my friends, we continue to prosecute corruption. And we live with a pay-to-play campaign finance system 
that should not be wished on any other country in the world. I used to be a prosecutor, and I know how hard it is to hold people in positions of public responsibility accountable. But I also know how important it is. The fact is, there is nothing, absolutely nothing more demoralizing, more destructive, more disempowering to any citizen than the belief that the system is rigged against them and that people in positions of power are, to use a diplomatic term of art, crooks who are stealing the future of their own people. And by the way, depositing their ill-gotten gains in ostensibly legitimate financial institutions around the world. Corruption is a social danger because it feeds organized crime. It destroys nation states. It imperils opportunities, particularly for women and girls. It facilitates environmental degradation, contributes to human trafficking, and undermines whole communities. It destroys the future. Corruption is a radicalizer because it destroys faith in legitimate authority. It opens up a vacuum which allows the predators to move in. And no one knows that better than the violent extremist groups who regularly use corruption as a recruitment tool. Corruption is an opportunity destroyer because it discourages honest and accountable investment. It makes businesses more expensive to operate. It drives up the cost of public services for local taxpayers. And it turns a nation's entire budget into a feeding trough for the privileged few. And that is why it is imperative that we deepen the fight against corruption, making it a first-order national security priority.